We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Super Bowl 56 DraftKings Showdown picks, but mainly strategy. Remember to smash the like button for the episode. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network, rate, review, and sub to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or wherever the hell it is that you download your podcast. In the comment section, give me your single favorite play on DraftKings in the showdown contest for a captain's selection. Who are you building around at the top? I'm curious to know where people are going to go with this. And I had to bring in the big guns for this because I suck at DraftKings showdown. So what I'm going to do is use a bit of the computers at runthesims.com. If you sign up at runthesims.com right now, it is free for the Super Bowl. So you can get your optimizer. You can make your lineups, generate them all, use the player prop tools, all completely free at runthesims.com. Right now, I highly suggest that you go do that. I mean, when else do you get to use a free optimizer with millions of dollars at stake on DraftKings or other places? But uh, I suggest you go do that. Justin Freeman from runthesims.com. Cody Main from establishtherun.com are on the line. Two of the best. Boys, how's it going? This is your time of year. Well, Cody's time of year was last week. He's the uh, the Pro Bowl god. I guess maybe he can pass me the torch here for a Super Bowl status. I don't know. Pat, I don't know if you remember, but we kicked off the longest season ever with Hall of Fame game showdown talk. So it's only fitting that we close things out with, with a little bit of Super Bowl action. But as Justin mentioned, I mean, Pro Bowl was last week. You really missed out on the good stuff from last week. Uh, I remember that Hall of Fame game show with, we. I think we talked about prize picks on that. And you gave me Dwayne Haskins over and James Washington over both hit and I won. So thank you. That's what we're here for. We're here to give winners. Let's let's close it out with some Super Bowl winners. Let's see what happens. Well, let's talk about strategy for this because obviously, and Cody, you have basically all of the numbers on this. We can talk through the proper lineup construction of whether you want to go 4-2, 5-1, use defenses, use kickers, whatever it's at. The issue right now is when we look at the injury report, no Uzama, no Higby yet. So as of right now, we're going to pretend like they're out. But DraftKings has priced up their backups to be like regular type guys. There are no pay down options that are viable really in the slightest outside of like the three that really stick out. So, Cody, when it comes to a slate like this, is it better off to try to use a punt play? Because you're going to have to try to be unique in some sort of way. Or do you have to build somewhat of a balance lineup, which means you can't have like Cooper Cup, which doesn't seem optimal to me. Yeah, this is the really interesting part. And this is the this gets into the really fun game theory aspect of this slate in particular, because as you mentioned, both of these teams are really tight in their skill position cores. We'll see them run 11 personnel almost exclusively with the same three wide receivers. Uh, it'll be most likely their backup tight ends unless they're able to give it a go. Uh, and then one or two running backs at most. 
and everyone's priced up. And these guys like Ben Skoronek, who's $600, um, Bryson Hopkins, who is likely the backup tight end in LA. All of these guys are going to get too owned, in my opinion, for how often they land in an optimal lineup. Um, so I'm steering clear of that. And some of the strategy stuff that we can get into is being being more mindful of, of different ways to get unique, um, unique combinations of players, players that might be highly owned by themselves, but aren't highly owned when paired together. Um, some things that you talk about, like uh, a wide receiver in the captain and then an opposing defense in the flex, things of that nature that you can use to get unique. And then some of the other levers that we always talk about in the past on showdown slates, like leaving salary on the table, um, you know, just, just things to be mindful of when building, when we don't have those pump plays that are going to be super low owned on a slate like this, where the skill position players are really tight. Justin, why is it important for people who don't know to try to be unique this week? Well, I think one thing possibly to our advantage, Pat, this week is this is going to be as uh, as novice, as beginner of a, of a level of showdown across the slate as as we will see really all year long. Like there are a bunch of people who have never played showdown are going to be trying to play uh, showdown for the first time here this week. But here's why you want to get unique is because you're really maximizing your expected value when you can create uh, as few uh, shared duplicates as possible. And what we mean there is when you have the exact same lineup as somebody else in a contest. And so uh, if, if you're new to Showdown, that's really the name of the entire game is trying to find good ways to get unique. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be the only single person to play your particular combination, but the more you can sort of ratchet that number down while still putting together a viable lineup with a true path towards first place, uh, is going to mean that you obviously are going to take home a larger and larger expected share of first place. And there are some really awesome first place prizes out there on DraftKings this week. I mean, all of the tournaments, even from the like the $3 level and on up, are just, you know, 100 times more massive this week than they are most other weeks. And so it's the only show in town. We want to go ahead and, and press our advantage. And one of the ways we do that is finding good lineups with a path to first that are also not going to be duped by thousands of other people in the contest. Because what good is it to win a million bucks when you got to split it with a thousand people, right? I mean, I would still take the coming in for splitting it with a thousand people. I'm not going to lie to you. I just, <laughs> I, I would just like to win. That would be nice for once out there. Although I see what you're saying. Listen, I want to win the million bucks just as much as anyone else. Cody, when we think about this, and obviously the giant GPP on DraftKings this week is the $15 entry. It's the million dollars to first prize, $6 million in the prize pool, but people can enter that 150 times. And I'm guessing both you guys are probably going to enter 150 lineups into that each, but I'm Pat sitting here. Maybe I only have 50 bucks to spend on this. Maybe I only have 20 bucks to spend on this this week. What's the best allocation of money that if you're playing with a low limit, is it to throw a single bullet into this 15 or is it to play a $20 single entry kind of thing? Yeah. And Justin talks about pressing our edges and I'm, I'm no football bro. I don't have a really strong lean on this game from a side or total perspective. So I don't want to, put all of my eggs in one basket. I kind of want to build a portfolio of lineups and press my edge on just building unique lineups that I think if a game plays out in a variety of ways, I've got a shot at one of those lineups being unique, first of all, and then having a shot to kind of race its way up leaderboard. So I will um, be kind of an MME player. If, if you got smaller bankrolls, Justin mentioned some of the good contests. The 50 cent mini max is a good one. The $3 20 max is a great one. The $1 20 max is a great one. And a lot of those you can hand build and now that we've got a little bit extra time, you've probably already consumed a lot of your Super Bowl content. You've got this show now out Thursday. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you can start start to just slowly hand build lineups over the course of the next couple of days. Um, so regardless of where you're at, I personally think that one of the ways and some of the strategy that strategies that we'll talk through on this show is just to kind of press that edge of building unique lineups that kind of cover a variety of bases if the game plays out a certain way. So Justin, are you kind of on the same page of if you had $20 to enter or $15 to enter that you're better off building 15 $1 lineups, 30, 50 cent lineups, rather than just throwing in one entry into the million dollar contest? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I would caution anybody from building 150 lineups if you've not really done that before, unless you just are wanting to experiment. But if you're trying to actually hey, stretch your hey, bankroll, I, I just said I just said I want 150 lineups on Run the Sims, and it just gave it to me in like less than 10 seconds. I'm I'm done. 
Well, that's a good point too. Uh, so we, we certainly want to make that super easy for you. And, and I think we've got some tools over there that do that. But I know like if you're wanting to sweat out the Super Bowl, have a good time with your friends um, and, and have a good idea of what you're even pulling for, that could be one of the problems with entering 150 lineups is you're not entirely sure what exactly do I have in my portfolio? Did that, did that Cooper Cup touchdown just kill me or help me? I, I don't know what's going on. So having an idea of um, – who your player pool is can be really helped out when you when you whittle it down to a 20 max. And you can really focus more on making sure those are the types of lineups you want in that particular uh, type of game script. And as Cody mentioned, you can kind of cover your bases a little bit more. See, I tend to use 150 lineups as a really good way to go in depth on a particular game script. So I may just completely whiff on the you know, hundred other possible ways that this game can go. But if it goes the one way out of a hundred that I think it might go, then I have so many bases covered. I have so many paths to first place. I really like just going deep with a particular script and, and not really worrying about diversifying. Now that's going to mean a lot of bricks, a lot of air balls along the way. So it just comes down to how risky you want to be. I love that $3.20 max. I think if I had 50 bucks, that would be the tournament. I would really focus on and like just to show you how nuts it is this week, there's almost 400,000 people in that tournament alone and it's a 20 max tournament 100k up top to first place so you can afford I mean for 60 bucks you can go in and max enter that tournament. Um, yeah, if you chop it up with a few people up top that's still going to be a fantastic Super Bowl for you. So, I mean, it still gives you a, a good opportunity to go a little bit off the board, maybe leave a little salary on the table, mix in some low on guys, whatever it is you want to do to be your edge. Just don't try to go too nuts up. So, Cody, let's try to hammer in on this and how to get away from common lineup builds. Actually, when I ran the Sims at runthesims.com, the optimizer gave me the most common optimal lineup. It's actually a 5-1 RAM stack. Do you think that when we're trying to factor out what are going to be duplicated lineups, what's the most common build? Is it 4-2? Is it 3-3? And by that, if you don't know, I mean four Rams, two Bengals, three Rams, three Bengals. And this one, it has five Rams and one Bengals player in it. Do you think a 1-5 or a 5-1 stack has the chance of being more unique just because so many casual players won't build that way? Yeah, it will be interesting to see how the field breaks down between casual players and how many more 150 maxers are playing this because of the prize pools. I think we'll see a good mix of both. Like Justin talked about, we'll see a lot more casual players that normally just play main slate or, you know, the Super Bowl's on and they're at a party and they want to have a sweat. We might see a little bit more of that, but I think that'll be counteracted a little bit by more 150 maxers that aren't 150 maxing most slates during the regular season. They're going to be out in full force with these prize pools and with this being the only show in town. So I think we're going to get, good, get a good mix of sharp players with a little bit more casual. I would be surprised if 5-1 is, is overly common. Uh, it's just not something the field too, feels too comfortable about. I do think that, and I do the ownership, or do the roster construction utilization projections over at Establish the Run. I've got 3-3 being the most popular this week, kind of just with the way salaries break down and what's happened historically, uh, kind of a combination of those two things. I have the field utilizing three favorites, three underdogs at 42.1% of the time. Um, I, but I think this is one way to kind of press that edge of being unique without doing something too stupid. Um, for example, one five, which is just one Ram, five Bengals, I have projected for 1.2% ownership, right? So if you think the Bengals come out and blow the doors off this Rams team and, and Joe Burrow is, is really Joe Burrow and this team is legit, that's not going to be utilized by the field at all. And you don't have to start playing these Ben Skoronek types that, that maybe project for half a target in order to get unique. You can just simply play the game to play out in a different way. Um, similarly, on the other side, if you go 5-1, 5 Rams, one bangle, I've got that projected for 8.4% ownership. And historically, these kind of off the board roster constructions that the field doesn't use all that often have offered a ton of leverage. So even like a two, four with two Rams and four bangles, just projecting the bangles to win, or maybe be, just be a little bit more pass heavy if they're going to come from behind game script has offered a lot of leverage and isn't going to be used a whole lot by the field. So when you start to think about ways of building unique lineups without doing something too crazy, that's a great way to do it just by switching up your build a little bit. So I just did that, Justin. I went into the optimizer, the DIY simulator for showdown slates, and I made the winning score 31 to 14 for the Bengals. And then 
ran the optimizer to give me that projection of game if that's the path that I want to take. And it gave me two 5-1 Bengals stacks like Cody just talked about, something that's going to be relatively unique. Probably not a super high probability of happening at the same time, but if it hits, I'm competing with very few people. And now it's looking like Mixon as my captain, but also Pirine in the same lineup with like T. Higgins, Burrow, Cooper Cup, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, I might be the only person with that lineup uh, now that I read it out loud. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I mean, that's obviously a good thing. I think one of the things that the field's always been historically low on is having two running backs from the same team. And I think, I mean, obviously you're telling yourself a story here where uh, Mixon and P. Ryan both get there. And I think that's saying, well, this game got completely out of hand, completely sideways against the Rams. Uh, both running backs found a way to get there. Um, I, I would say that like, um, you know, it seems particularly unlikely that a backup would come in and true mop-up duty. Like, I don't think we see P. Ryan coming in to preserve Mixon. Like, there's nothing to preserve here. It's the final week of the season. But uh, they do tend to succeed in different areas of the field. You know, P. Ryan could easily get a two-minute uh, drive uh, at the end of the first half or something like that, put a score on the board. Um, so you're just looking for ways to get unique combinations. And the fact that you've told the machine there uh, to give me a situation where the Bengals really run away with it. Now you're all of a sudden assuming a lot more uh, touchdown expectation across the board for those Bengals in your lineup and just uh, a, a lot you know, that same number of touchdowns over on the LA side is now being dispersed against so many people in that offense and everything on the Cincinnati side is going to really consolidate. I mean, they fortunately do have a really, really tight uh, tree of opportunities in that offense, or really both of these offense for that matter, uh, which is in, in many ways a blessing and a curse for us here on this showdown. Like there's not as many places for us to go in terms of looking for different alternatives. Like there's not going to be a viable fourth wide receiver for the Bengals for us to really consider here. Um, you know, going all the way down to Trent Taylor seems mighty scary. I don't know if Cody feels like he can get there, but, uh, you know, some of these guys are a, a little tough to trust, but I love the onslaught. I think that's a great way to, to get leverage. You know, Super Bowl is a weird game where the, the, the script can really get off off the rails for one of these two teams. We don't really know which one. Um, so it'd be fun to see. Cody, are the cheap guys right now because of the concentrated nature of these offenses and people will want to jam in five high, high price guys and find the value somewhere. And you kind of hit on both names already. I think everyone looks at the pricing and they know who the two biggest salary saving value plays are going to be. It's going to be Skronik and it's going to be uh, Trent Taylor, as Justin just pointed out, like these are the two guys where you can save all your money. Are they just simply value traps and you shouldn't play them now? It depends on the slate, and on a slate like this, I think they are. I, I think that they're going to get too much ownership with so much of the field trying to jam in the Cooper Cup, the Jamar Chase. Both quarterbacks project very, very well. It's this mid-tier range of these five, four, and 5K guys up to 6K is that the field probably doesn't feel too great about, and those are the guys that are going to, going to get their ownership squeezed, I think, especially in large-field tournaments, and optimizers are going to want to force in these sub-1K, sub-2K guys just to make those lineups work because they're going to project better. Um so you look at a Ben Skoronek and you might think you're the guy that's going to that's going to project the one target, uh, one reception, 10 yards and a touchdown, and he's going to be in your winning lineup. And sure, that might happen. But I think he might get up like 10, 11, 12 percent ownership on this slate just to make some of those high priced guys work. Um, so, again, like we've talked about, I'm, I'm more likely just to kind of flip the script a little bit on how I'm building than necessarily dumpster diving in this Ben Skoronek, um, you know, this type of range. I think these guys are just going to get a little bit too much ownership for their likelihood of landing in an optimal lineup. Before we were coming on air, Justin, we talked a little bit about Daryl Henderson, whether or not he's going to be activated or not. And do we have to operate on the premise that even if he's active, that we kind of have to X him out of the field because who knows what's going to happen here? Uh, I actually think the fact that who knows what's going to happen here is almost a good reason if you're building 150 to include Daryl Henderson as a way to get unique because, and, and a lot of this is going to depend, Pat, on the amount of news that we get. Obviously, Super Bowl week, the media coverage is typically out of control. If we get more news over these next few days, um, Daryl Henderson may take nobody by surprise. But as of right now, it seems like Henderson could be a guy that's activated really right at the last second, in which case that could be a good opportunity for us to get him at virtually no ownership. I mean, I'd be surprised if he topped 
2% owned in this contest, almost regardless of what happens with the news. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good reason to say like, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a wide range of outcomes into how that scrambled up. If he just so happens to fall into the end zone, um, you know, from, from one yard out, like that's, uh, that's in the range of outcomes there. And that's a great way for you to get unique. Uh, obviously the, the field is torn between uh, Cam Akers, who's priced at 6,400. Sony Michelle's priced at 5K this week. Uh, everybody's trying to figure out how that rush share is going to be split there. You introduce a third guy, it really weakens both those two guys. And now all of a sudden, that's an interesting decision. Now, if I had 20 lineups, I'm probably not playing any Daryl Henderson. Uh, if I got 150, it maybe makes sense for me to allocate a few for him. How? What's your take on the Henderson conundrum here, Cody? Is it a play Henderson and gamble on he does anything at low ownership, or is it just become more of a fade of Acres and Michelle and the overall exposure you have to them, or it just doesn't make a difference? Yeah, I think Justin nailed it. It's going to kind of depend on when we get news and what news we get. Now, if we get news that he is going to be active and, and we feel good about him projecting for any sort of touch share, that is going to weaken Cam Akers and Sony Michelle quite a bit. Um, if it comes really, really late, uh, like with, with, you know, inactives, then I'm going to feel good about playing a little bit there. That's a guy that like Justin mentioned, is going to be two or 3% owned maybe. Uh, and you can feel pretty good about if you're building out, uh, you know, 150 lineups, having five or 6% of, and if he is the guy that, that they feel good enough about rushing back because they've, they've seen Cam Akers and Sony Michelle struggle of late and they feel good about him as a, a pass catching specialist then that's the type of guy at his price tag that can really set you over the top in, in being unique and also providing a score that is necessary in winning lineups. So Cody, when we think about game script and we want to pick a lane here, that's going to be relatively contrarian and we can control our overall portfolio of players beyond that and try to go with that script or maybe two or three different scripts that you want to go with is playing the script of the Rams win by four or the Rams win by five, the opposite of what you should be doing with the Rams being four and a half or five point favorites right now that when people just default to an optimizer that includes spreads and totals, those are the default numbers that are going to be in there. So just jumping into it, tweaking the numbers a little bit, I would have to think get you off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of different showdown players have talked about their play. I know Colin Drew, who's been on the show before, has talked about playing kind of within one standard deviation of how the the Vegas projects the game to be. So in this case, it would be maybe the Rams win by ten or thirteen, uh, one standard de deviation above the Rams direction, or maybe the the Bengals win by three or seven or something like that. Um, and then other players have gone crazy, like we talked about with the Bengals winning 31-14 or 31-17 would be a couple of standard deviations above what Vegas is projecting. I do think that we're going to see around 70 to 75% of the field based on my projections kind of take that 3-3 approach where it's within four, four and a half uh, on the spread or maybe the, the Rams cover by a point or two. So I do think that we're going to see a lot of three threes with three Bengals, three Rams, and a lot of four twos with four Rams and two Bengals. So I think if you want to take a stance that, that has been proven successful uh, historically is kind of just, if you want to take a, a game script and, and assume that the Bengals come out victorious or cover the four and a half points, I think going two, four with two Rams and four Bengals is incredibly strong. And you can still get a couple of the, the, the highly projected Rams into your lineup by doing that. What do you make of it, Justin? Like when you go to optimize your lineups and try to make 150, like I, I don't necessarily know what game script you're going to pick, but you're probably going to change it from the standard projections that are in it, I would guess. Yeah, or either I'm going to take the standard projections that are in there, and obviously we're going to give you, you know, every possible simulation outcome, and then I can take that list and then filter it out from there to get the types of builds that I want, because I know that it's going to spit out some popular builds, you know, occasionally the popular build is what's going to win and I can get those immediately out. And so one of the, you know, really helpful columns on run the Sims is the product ownership of the, of the lineup. And so we can take product ownership that calculates out over, you know, for, for us and the way we have our numbers multiplied, if, if the number is greater than a thousand or so, that's probably the, the type of lineup that we want to go ahead and just, eliminate throw those in the trash can and so sometimes what i'll do is i'll just take the best 150 that uh that fit that particular criteria so you can actually take um that sort of base script and, and what's happening sort of behind the scenes for for run the sims is 
uh, we're taking that as the most likely uh, possible outcome, but we're also applying some randomness against that. So you're actually getting a, a full normal range of outcomes. Um, and, and so what populates and rises up to the top are the things, as Cody mentioned, that are sort of within that first standard deviation of likelihood to happen. So you, it actually does a lot of the hard work for you. So I've fortunately not had to spend a ton of time trying to think through all the alternate scenarios. I can just set it and forget it. And I think the, the sort of key to our Run the Sims users is who's taking this information and doing what with it. Um, I think that sort of separates you in terms of the next level game theory for this. But what I think is kind of interesting is whatever, and, and I'm seeing a lot of Bengals on sort of the original run here. And I think some of that's got to do with the fact that the price point on a lot of these Bengals is a lot more attractive than some of the more expensive options over on the LA side of the football. Um, you know, you've got T Higgins at 7,600, uh, who is essentially, you know, a one a, a in that offense along with Jamar chase, Tyler Boyd at 5,400. So it's really that kind of mid tier that Boyd and acres tier that are priced up in the 54 to 6,400 dollar range um it, that's going to be sort of where this tournament's won and lost i mean we everybody knows cooper cup like cooper cup is going to be extremely highly owned as he should be he's been absolutely phenomenal all year long if you were going to like lock button a guy in it would make a lot of sense to go ahead and think about taking your free square with cooper cup at the captain he's obviously the far and away best choice but that's sort of limiting your options on ways to get unique so how do you do that within you know, the salary constraints offered to you. I think it's going to be, you know, getting the right combinations of dudes there in, in the mid price and knowing that they could very easily outscore some of the more expensive options. I did want everyone to know, Cody kind of brought it up when we did our Hall of Fame game stuff, is prizepicks.com has an amazing offer on right now, especially if you don't want to deposit a lot of money. You can use code MMN at prizepicks.com and you'll get a deposit match of up to 100 bucks, but then you have to deposit 100 to get 100. This scenario, you can deposit like 10 bucks and get 100 bucks. All you need to do, actually, you can deposit five bucks if you want. I don't know if you can deposit five bucks, but you can deposit 10 bucks if you use code MMNNFL at prizepicks.com and you make your deposit. As long as you play a $5 entry on the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow throws for over one yard in this game, they'll give you 100 bucks. So if you just want to deposit in 10, play a $5 entry or a $10 to pick over under entry and Burrow does throw for more than one yard, which I do have him projected to throw for more than one yard at this point, at least. We'll see what happens later in the week. You'll get yourself 100 bucks on prizepicks.com. So I highly suggest you go do that. You can hit the description to find that out. Prizepicks.com, code MMNNFL. There's no worse feeling than being nauseous. I know when I uh, have a bit too much wine in the evening and my son wakes up at quarter to four in the morning, I'm not feeling the best when I wake up. And if you've ever experienced nausea, whether it's from the stress of the world or whatever it might be, you need to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal in your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you are sick. Like the name says, it legitimately is a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and you change the intensity depending on how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. I've been using it. It has been terrific for me. I have not woke up nauseous in like four months. So Relief Band, go get it. And Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of the year. Right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code MAYO, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. That's the best offer you'll find for Relief Band anywhere. But you have my code, so use it. Head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code MAYO, that's M-A-Y-O if you're really bad at spelling, for 20% off plus free shipping. Cody, Justin just hit on it with Cooper Cup. He's going to be amazing. He's like a free square, it really feels like, in this game. If I were to tell you my lineup was Captain Cooper Cup, 
with Matt Stafford, Van Jefferson, Tower Boyd, T. Higgins, and the Rams defense. Would you say that is the most obvious lineup you could play into this contest? I would say that's a pretty good <laughs> slight variation off of a cash game team, uh, which means that it's probably going to be du duplicated quite a bit. Uh, Cup is obviously going to project for the highest captain ownership by pairing him with Matthew Stafford, which I imagine most captain Cooper Cup teams will do. Um, I will say you said Van Jefferson was in that lineup. Yeah. I, I do want to mention Van Jefferson before we move on, because I do think he is one of those ways in that mid tier to get a little bit different. We've got the kickers uh, a little bit below him. And then the defense is even further below. You mentioned the Rams defense in that lineup. And I do think um, despite this game, having a 48 and a half point total and, and everyone loving Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins, I, the Rams defense is just by nature of this slate going to be highly owned. Uh, back to Van Jefferson. That dude is not going to be owned at all. The showdown field finally gave up on this guy last week after I have been recommending him and others have been recommending him, just hoping for him to pay off on some of those prayer yards that he's been getting. It just hasn't happened. Finally, 10.8% owned last week. We're getting a guy that's going to run a route on 90% of Matthew Stafford dropbacks in a Sean McVay offense that's going to throw a lot. And he's probably going to, I don't have him projected that low again this week, but 15 16% is about where I'm projecting him with the players that he's priced around. Um, so, so I, 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 I'm going to walk my statement back. That is not a, that, that is a good tournament team because I do think getting that, you know, 10 to 15% Van Jefferson in there uh, is a good way to differentiate that lineup. Well, let's talk about this mid tier then, Justin, because obviously Cooper cup is going to be the most popular captain. Even if it breaks your bankroll, uh, you can still kind of make it work, but you have this back to back tower Boyd, $5,400 van Jefferson, $5,200. It's, it would just logically thinking this through, obviously they're going to be owned as Cody just mentioned into the double digits, but it's a showdown. It's like everyone's going to be owned, uh, but that's on the lower end of ownership versus other guys, especially if Higby doesn't play and you have Kendall. Blanton at $4,600, which is savings. Or if Uzama doesn't play, then you have Drew Sample at $4,200, which is more savings down the board. And then you have both kickers. I mean, Evan McPherson has been like the godsend of this playoffs. He's $4,000. It would seem to me that if people were trying to jam in the top end with Cooper Cup as a captain, that those guys would populate the Cooper Cup captain lineups more than Boyd and Jefferson would simply because they're cheaper. And that's exactly right. Like, I mean, the salary constraints are going to force you to go down cheaper. And you know, so many of these Cooper Cup lines are going to have uh, Matthew Stafford in them. And so perhaps rather than trying to find the perfect combination of guys to go with your cup Stafford teams, maybe Stafford's not a part of the build. So uh, that would, that would sort of make me think about how, how can I take what I think is the chalkiest thing, which is a Cooper cup captain lineup and then make it a little bit different. Well, I'm going to sort of defy the, the logic rule here, defy the tell yourself a story rule here and, and ignore Matthew Stafford. And now you can get some really unique combinations and you can balance your lineup out a bit more than, than maybe you would have to um, in, in a cup Stafford team, because when you go cup Stafford, now you've already got two Rams in your lineup. Granted they're, they're correlated, but that's also a super popular, probably the most popular combination captain cup with Stafford in the lineup. So um, if you just eliminate Stafford from that, uh, it's it's so easy to see how Cooper Cup can be in the lineup without Stafford. And a lot of that has to do with some of the higher priced options over on the Cincinnati side also being worthwhile. So while we're not going to have, say, the three touchdown Cooper Cup game, that's fine. Cooper Cup can be the winning captain with you know, his usual 11 catches for 140 yards and one touchdown. Like that's a massive, massive game and doesn't necessarily imply that Matthew Stafford also got there. So uh, to me, that's a good way to do it. And then you can also, that allows you to, to, to throw in a T Higgins, to throw in a Tyler Boyd. You could actually run a full Joe Burrow stack on the other side if you want to with two pass catchers. And then maybe say that, let, you know, the Rams offense was super concentrated through cup in the passing game. And then maybe acres on the ground. That'd be a different way to mix or, that up. Or Cody, you could even say with the lineup that Justin's talking about right now, Rams D works perfectly for that cup does all of the scoring for the Rams offensively. And then the Rams also score with defensive touchdowns, thus putting burrow on the field time after time after time again i always think that defenses correlate to the opposing quarterback really well in these sorts of slates but i'm a moron so i don't know if that's true 
No, I think this is, I'm glad we got to this point of the show as, as quick as we did, because decorrelating uh, is something that we don't talk about a lot in, in fantasy sports, obviously, because we're, we're more, more focused on main slates. We're more focused on things like season long best ball. But when you talk about showdown, you kind of have to throw all logic out the window, like Justin said. And if you are spending a lineup, uh, you're using a lineup that's spending near the $50,000 salary cap or using high owned players in your captain spot like Cooper Cup, you need to do these type of things that that do kind of defy logic. And as I call them, decorrelating or making negatively correlated moves within the rest of that lineup to have a chance to be unique. Right. So Justin talked about playing Cooper Cup at captain doing a full Bengals stack without Matthew Stafford, and then you throw in the Rams defense. That's a fantastic showdown lineup that gets a bunch of uh, highly projected players, a bunch of projectors, a bunch of players that might project for high ownership by themselves, but will very rarely be used together. And so I think that's a great way to start building through these unique lineups versus, as we talked about earlier, playing the Ben Skoronics and the Trent Taylors of the world. So you get these high projected players and the game script does work out in a way that you said, Cooper Cup soaks up all of the reception volume, maybe scores a touchdown, um, but but Matthew Stafford doesn't do much outside of that. Then you get uh, the Rams defense maybe gets a pick six or a strip six, and all of a sudden uh, Joe Burrow's back on the field throwing more targets to Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and these guys, and that's a lineup that might not make sense when looking at it at first glance, but has a, a shot to be unique and funnel up the leaderboards if the game script works out in your favor. All right. See, I, I'm digging where this is going. That, that's a kind of lineup I think I can get behind. So jump that down. Don't play it out there if you're watching, because I'm going to play it. Although by nature of me playing, it has no shot of winning at this point. So keep <laughs> that in mind, too. Cody, when you're looking at ownership projections for this, obviously we keep harping on it. Cup is going to be the highest owned captain. Who do you think two and three are going to be? Because I would guess Chase is probably going to be number two and then probably Burrow number three. This might be a fun discussion to have with with Justin because uh, I know we can kind of nerd out on this together. But I am curious if we do get that pay up to be contrarian discount with the Jamar Chase captain ownership because you have his teammate who is three thousand dollars cheaper in T Higgins who is going to project fairly similarly. But I do think that a more casual field, uh, obviously the Jamar Chase Joe Burrow shower narrative, everyone loves uh, Jamar Chase. So I think that he might be. The next highest owned, he is who I have projected for the second highest ownership. Obviously, it's a very wide gap between him and Cooper Cup. And then I actually have Matthew Stafford next. Um, the favored quarterback with a higher team total is just going to kind of naturally funnel there. But I wouldn't be surprised if it happened to be T. Higgins, like I just mentioned, or Joe Burrow as well. So uh, I am curious what, what Justin thinks on how that might break down just based off the difference in salaries. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if both of the quarterbacks ended up doing a lot better in projected ownership this week than they normally do. Um, just because, of, you know, we mentioned this being a, ca a more casual leaning field. Uh, and you kind of think back to, you know, Cody and I, we've been grinding showdown hard for a few years now. And so we remember like in two years ago, quarterback captain was what everyone was doing. I mean, it made sense, you know, when you thought about it for just a few seconds, quarterback, the highest projected guy, go ahead and throw him into your captain spot. And of course, the reason we don't do that as much now, especially with a couple guys who don't rush for a lot of yardage, like Stafford and Burrow, is, is the fact that they typically are going to elevate a pass catcher on their team above their own score. And so we want that guy to be into the captain in, in the captain spot and, and not the quarterback there. So, so yeah, I, I think you'll see a lot of quarterbacks uh, in, in the captain spot in terms of ownership. And I think that's a good thing for us. It's really hard for me to wrap my mind around this. Like, especially being someone who wants to like go fill out a lineup. They've now listened to 34 minutes of the shows and they're probably just like, what are the fucking picks? What are, what are the picks? Cause that's, that's what I need to know here. I, I know that we've been talking through different strategies that you can take. And I think that's the more important conversation to have as it pertains to showdown. If we're actually trying to win. Uh, and I think I've been trying to talk people out of just you know, randomly clicking on names and throwing it in. And I know when I get to Sunday, I'm going to click on six names and throw a lineup into the, the $15. That's the way I want to go. So Cody, if I'm that guy right now, and I'm going to wait till Sunday to click on some names and go in, and you had to give me one tip, would it be don't play X guy at captain because everyone's going to have that? Like, would I, would I be better off making Tyler Boyd my captain? Would that be the better strategy for me to take if I was going to play one bullet? Yeah, I think you you have to take a stance. One bullet, obviously, you're making making a stance. I would be in one lineup off of the Cooper Cup captain, 
right? I would probably find a Bengals pass catcher, whether it be Jamar Chase or T Higgins that I feel better about, and then just play the game to play out that way. Um, and I think that you're instantly going to be a little bit more unique by doing that. And that, that would be kind of a very, very first step for someone who is just throwing in one lineup, start there. And then the rest of your lineup should fill start to fill itself out. And you're instantly going to be unique. But if you made it this far into the show, and maybe you're, you're feeling a little bit more uh, intimidated by showdown as we're talking through strategies to be unique and, and don't, don't be right. Because I looked at the numbers last year, there was a 650,000 person field in the DraftKings flagship tournament last year. 81.8% of the lineups were duplicated less than 10 times. 73.3% of them were duped less than five times and actually 46 were unique, right? So you don't have to be crazy to get a unique lineup. What you should be thinking about is avoiding these massive, massive trains that are going to be duplicated thousands and thousands of times because we will see those. And that massively cuts into your expected value. So just do some little things here and there, especially if you're playing casually, don't go super crazy. If you're building out 150, obviously you're, you're aware of kind of the things that you need to do and the levers that you need to pull to be unique. If you just want to have a, have some fun or you're playing showdown for the first time, you just want to sweat. Think about just a few key levers that you can pull, whether it's salary or finding a low owned player or just flipping up the build a little bit to get unique. Don't be intimidated by all the, all the strategy talk that we've thrown behind you. You're going to have your own picks. You're going to have your own gut feeling about the players that you want. Just, try and build a little bit smarter lineups around them. All right. So let's close with this, Justin. I want us to all build a case for a potential leverage play in this game and maybe a leverage correlation that you can do. So here's what I'm going to throw out to you guys. And this is kind of based on what Cody talked about in terms of the DSTs. Here's a correlation, Matt Stafford and the Bengals defense. Cause I think the Rams defense is going to get some buzz. Obviously it'd be like, Instead of playing the Bengals defense, people will play McPherson because he's just a better name. Almost on the other side, people will play Rams D and they're not going to play Gay as their kicker if that's the way that they wanted to go. So I do think that you could leverage something with Stafford, who's going to be, I think, the less popular quarterback, and then the Bengals and have it just kind of go that way, where Stafford has the most quintessential Stafford game in history, where he throws three touchdowns and three picks. One of them gets returned. He gets sacked a few times. There's a fumble in there, but he still gets there at the same time and fuels the Bengals defense. Justin, I think that would be my uh, off-the-board contrarian leverage play for the Super Bowl slate. <laughs> I love that. Pat, are we throwing him in the uh, captain spot, Stafford, or do you want to uh, throw him in the flex here? How, how do you want this to go? I see. I how don't, Stafford are we talking I, I, I have not thought beyond that. I've just thought those two names okay. together somehow. You tell me. Well, the good thing about uh, quarterback versus opposing defense is that when that quarterback does throw a pick six, it speeds up the quarterback. You know, uh, it may seem you know counterintuitive that a quarterback throwing the interception, which we know is minus one fantasy points, uh, would be bad for his score. But no, that's actually great in the fact that now the, the opposing team either gets the ball in great field position or scored, hopefully, on the interception. There's no extra penalty for throwing a pick six versus just a regular old pick. So, yeah, like, go ahead and, and pair Stafford with Bengals defense. Now you got a situation where, you know, maybe the Bengals got their ears pinned back and they're, they're really getting after the passer there. There's a really obvious passing game script that's set up now as a result of this. So now we've got Stafford that we're thinking about building around in this passing game. We know Cup's going to be involved in it. Like if, if this is a, a, a game where Stafford has to drop back 50 times, this is going to be nutso for Cooper Cup. I mean, he's just going to absolutely go, uh, go ham. And so we know that he's not going to be the only one. Who else can be a part of that party, the Stafford party? Um, you know, obviously Beckham will be the next guy, but but that's going to cost us some salary. So maybe we actually go with two more Rams that are, are cheaper priced. So we go Stafford, we go Cup. Those are our expensive Rams. And now we're also going to mix in Blanton, who we're expecting to be the, the, the tight end, uh, starting tight end possibly for LA and Van Jefferson. So now we've got three pass catchers with Matt Stafford. We've got the Bengals defense and we're going to go Joe Mixon mixing into that as well, because now you've got the running back that correlates well with the defense because the script is now Bengals are running and Rams are throwing more than we would expect them to ordinarily. So that's a six person lineup that I think if you put the right person in at captain, you can get all that in under the cap.
Yeah, if you put Stafford at captain, it doesn't work by $400 because you only have $9,200 remaining in this, uh, Cody. But you could go the full onslaught. You could go Stafford, Cup, Jefferson, Blanton, Beckham, and Bengals defense if you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like that working out, right? If you get the, maybe you get a two defensive uh, touchdown performance, right, from uh, the Bengals side, and all of a sudden, then you are getting those 50 dropbacks for Stafford, and maybe the targets are a little bit more inefficient. Maybe he's taking uh, some underneath shots with what the defense is giving him, and all of a sudden, you have PPR reception scoring galore from guys like Blanton and Beckham who are just racking them up. Uh, so again, crazier things have happened and, and I'm not ruling very much out uh, on showdown, especially in this game. Do you have an off the board, uh, either leverage play or leverage correlation that you could see, obviously not necessarily working out, but giving you that leverage on the field? Yeah, I've talked about it a lot and I don't think it's too far off the board, but I do think it's going to be underutilized. And that's just going with these two Bengals, uh, or excuse me, two Rams, four Bengals lineups. It's worked out a lot and you don't have to worry about getting too crazy uh, in these types of lineups. I love rostering one of T Higgins and Jamar Chase at captain, still taking the comfort of pairing them, uh, positively correlating them with Joe Burrow and then maxing out one other pass catcher along with them from the Bengals side. So if I've got T Higgins at captain, I've got Joe Burrow throwing to him in my flex, and then I will have at most one of whether it be Drew Sample or CJ Uzoma, whoever is active between those two. And then one of Jamar, you know, max one of Jamar Chase or Tyler Boyd, uh, and then running it back with a few off the board Rams guys. But I think that these two Rams four Bengals lineups are going to be underutilized just with the way the salaries work out. And with a lot of people wanting to jam in uh, some of these, these better projected players on the Rams side, especially with these cheap guys in like the defense and, and the, the expensive guys like cup and Stafford. Last thing, Justin, we'll get off of the main showdown. There's also second half showdown, fourth quarter showdown, Now, we have at Run the Sims the you can just generate your lineups as quickly as possible as you want for those two. That feels like that is the softest market for Super Bowl in DFS, at least for this Sunday upcoming, as you can really take advantage of those contests. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to expect those prize pools to be uh, even bigger this week than they are normally. Uh, I don't know how many people are going to want to have their laptop and uh, CSVs open in the middle of the Super Bowl. But uh, if, if you're trying to grind, baby, let's go ahead and get this thing going. You can go in to run the Sims and you know project out exactly what you think the second half or fourth quarter is going to look like. And we'll do all the hard work of simulating that out thousands of times for you and spitting out the best lineups from there. Um, essentially, all you'll have to do is, is lower the number of expected plays down from what uh, we would expect for, for the full game, usually just kind of cutting those in half. And, and you can usually get some really great insights from watching the first half of the game. Like, oh man, Van Jefferson's ankle is not okay. They are going to be playing Skoranek the entire second half uh, or, or whatever that might be. You know, we'll have a lot more clarification about what the tight end situation looks like for both of those teams. So go in there and tweak things around. It's a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun playing around with this fourth quarter and second half uh, slate so far this year. And and the prize pools are as good for the Super Bowl as they have been. So uh, it's looking like it should be a lot of fun this Sunday. Cody, do you think that the second half and fourth quarter showdown games are softer markets or sharper markets? Because it's only the people who are truly grinding that are playing them. Yeah, I am still trying to stay married for as long as I possibly can and not have their kids hate an absent father. So I haven't been grinding them near as much as I would like to, uh, as much time as I spend on these showdown slates. But I would imagine, like Justin said, probably softer markets, especially with this Super Bowl crowd. Maybe your lineups are dead after the first half and you get a bunch of drunk idiots that are that are sitting on the couch. You, you can, uh, you can still... just say the Pat Mayo types of the world. That's fine. <laughs> like, I'm OK with that. That's me. <laughs> But see, that's the thing. They're not going to have their laptops in front of them. They're not going to have their CSVs up. And they're probably have their priors held on what they did in the first half, carrying over to the second half, not adjusting for what's happened. Like Justin said, you're going to be able to pick up on these things if CJ Uzoma gives it a go and then comes out after three plays, he's probably going to still be owned in the second half. Uh, Van Jefferson, maybe we'll see him limping. Maybe we'll get some key insights on whether that knee or that ankle, it, it just isn't going to hold up. So I would imagine that, although I haven't played him a whole lot, that these second half markets are pretty soft just because we see the field think what happened in the first half is going to happen again in the second half. And you can kind of adjust your style of play based off of that. 
it even goes to if Daryl Henderson is activated and all of a sudden he's like the lead back, like still no one's going to own him for the second half or fourth quarter showdown contest because they have these preconceived notions of what's going into it. So you can go to runthesims.com, get your free membership right now. Uh, and when the time comes, you can just go simulate your lineups. It'll all be there. The tools will be there for you to easily simulate these lineups, generate your lineups and get them onto the site if you do want to play these contests in little to no time and make them as optimal as possible guys thanks for being on cody what do you got going on at etr this week uh the article went up today it's it's a doozy i think the longest one that i've written this season and then adam leone and i will be recording again tomorrow so if you didn't get enough of me today come check us out tomorrow i believe we're going on at 7 30 central time so come check out the show if you want some more showdown insights okay justin i know it is super bowl week but have you fully moved on to usfl yet yeah, dude, we're we're working really hard behind the scenes to get USFL up and running. I've got the uh, the template has started to be fleshed out a little bit. I've got fake player names because we don't even have players in this league uh, until like the end of this month, and so it's kind of crazy trying to plan for a league that doesn't really exist yet. And so uh, hopefully DK will come through with some really massive prize pools, but. Uh, until then we've got super bowl sunday and i suppose that'll have to suffice uh, i can't confirm anything but inside sources may or may not have told me that we will be getting usfl so i'm just throwing that out into the ether hopefully i can manifest it into something that we can actually get money down on on draftkings.com and you can utilize run the sims tools hopefully for that as well but you most definitely can for super bowl whether it be showdown contest second half fourth quarter props you can run the simulations as much as you want and you can see the bar graph of where your vig comes in where the total comes in where the player is and see how often that player goes over or under and it'll give you a percentage and tell you whether or not it's a good bet on either side so run the sims.com go check that out right now subscribe to the mayo media newsletter too it's completely free uh, the post is out already so you can just go click on the Substack link for that uh, it has a full props breakdown of different ways you can play same game parlays for this on DraftKings Sportsbook uh, and other props that just rate out really well I'll give it away and run the sims agrees with me Joe Burrow over two and a half carries rushing attempts in this game the medium projection is three so think about it. like if he starts getting blitzed a whole bunch just starts taking off up the middle he makes it back to the line of scrimmage we get a rush attempt the Bengals win he takes three knees we hit the over on that joe burrow over two and a half rushing attempts smash the like sub to the channel and that will do it for me i will be back next with the best bets with rob pizzola and cam stewart live on the scene from radio row until then I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.